is a tag team review of A Scanner Darkly. In the first part, our good friend Paul Potts will review the novel by Philip K. Dick. This will be followed by Sully Dog's review of the film by Richard Linklater. Both reviews contain minor spoilers. You've probably heard of the forthcoming Richard Linklater movie, A Scanner Darkly, based on the novel by Philip K. Dick. A lot of Phil's works have been adapted into movies, including Screamers, Total Recall, and Minority Report. Over the years, I've read every one of Dick's novels, and I recently reread A Scanner Darkly, so I'm going to talk a little bit about the book, not the movie. First off, this isn't Dick's best novel, even though it's one of the most interesting. If you are new to his work, I would recommend that you start with a book like Ubik or Lies Incorporated. You could also try reading Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, which was adapted into Blade Runner. Nothing Dick wrote can really be slotted neatly into a single category, but A Scanner Darkly is particularly hard to classify. It is in part a very realistic novel set in Southern California in the late 1970s, with convenience stores, big cars, and drive-in movies, but there are also strange high-tech devices which have evolved around a society of surveillance. One of these is the Scramble Suit which disguises a wearer's voice and projects an ever-changing series of random identities so that the wearer is completely anonymous. The book was inspired by Dick's own experience with drug abuse and is dedicated to a number of his friends who died or were damaged doing the same thing. It's full of great dialogue and ranting, kind of like drug-addled stand-up comedy, which reminds me a bit of the routines from William S. Burroughs' book Naked Lunch. The various characters in the book are at times threatening, or paranoid, or just oblivious to the ways in which they are destroying themselves. The protagonist of the book is a man named Bob Arctor. His name sounds a bit like actor, and that's not a coincidence. Bob has a marginal existence in a suburban house with some other drug-abusing friends, but Bob is really a narc who goes by the nickname Fred. As Fred, Bob puts on the scramble suit and meets with his colleagues to report on the drug users living in the house, one of whom is Bob Arctor. In other words, Bob has himself under surveillance, but all the drugs he is taking seem to be impairing his mind to the point where he doesn't realize he is spying on himself. Meanwhile, his co-workers are becoming suspicious that Bob's heavy drug use is starting to cause permanent brain damage. There's black humor here, but it isn't a happy story. The title, A Scanner Darkly, is inspired by a phrase from Corinthians chapter 13, For now we see through a glass, darkly. Dick was getting at the idea that we have great difficulty truly knowing ourselves, and he wondered in this novel whether a scanner, in this case a three-dimensional holographic recorder, would give us any more insight into ourselves. Like I said, this isn't Dick's best work. It's a little bit incoherent. He throws in untranslated German poetry, there are some strange events which are never explained, and a number of loose ends aren't tied up. But that's true of most of Dick's novels. It's still a very powerful and mournful work, and it will stick with you. Like most of his work, it is quite short, so you should have time to read it before you go see the movie. If you've ever known someone whose mind was falling apart due to drugs or mental illness, and most of us have, you will find a lot that is familiar in this story. You might find yourself agreeing with Dick that drug abuse is not a disease but a decision, but that it's a decision that results in people being punished entirely too much for their mistake. This is Paul R. Potts.
Richard Linklater's A Scanner Darkly is, by industry standards, a remarkably faithful adaptation of the 1977 Philip K. Dick novel of the same name, a nightmarish look at the universe of drug abuse, the people who profit from it, and the people who pay for it, usually, as Dick would tell us, far too dearly. Over the years, Hollywood has taken many liberties with Dick's work, and the results are usually inadequate. Total Recall was dumb fun, I guess, but it failed to live up to the original. We can remember it for you wholesale. Ditto John Woo's Paycheck. Blade Runner is the most successful cinematic adaptation of Dick, but I would argue that even Ridley Scott's beautiful work fails to live up to the original, do Android's dream of electric sheep. But Linklater has apparently decided that he can't tell a better story than Dick, and on that basis alone, I think he should be applauded. Instead of Hollywoodizing the plot, Linklater brings something else to the project, a unique visual appeal and competent direction. The entire movie is animated in a style that will be familiar to any of you who are masochistic enough to put yourself through the Sunday morning Talking Head Network news analysis shows, like This Week with George Stephanopoulos. In particular, some brokerage firm has recently been airing commercials on This Week which feature the same animation style. It's called Digital Rotoscoping, which is basically a computer-generated bold-line overlay of live-action footage. I like to think it's kind of like what Bakshi was trying to do in the 1970s with that awful rotoscoping technique he used in Wizards and Lord of the Rings. This approach is much smoother and seamless, dramatic, and, I must confess, a little disturbing. It's going to drive some of you crazy, but... I think it works beautifully, enhancing the the just-this-side-of-reality atmosphere that underlies the paranoid and tortured world of Dick's characters. After a while, you get used to it. And that's kind of disturbing, too, when you reflect on it for a moment. You might think that this technique would overshadow the performances, but it doesn't. If anything, it enhances them. The performances here are strong. I know a lot of you love to hate Keanu Reeves, but... Honestly, I never understood that. Okay, I get it. He's not Olivier, but he's a solid performer within his range, and he's well cast here as the hapless Bob, earnest but clueless, a little bit Neo from The Matrix, a little bit Ted from The Big Adventure. Ultimately, there's a bittersweet innocence in Reeves' performance, which I found just right. Woody Harrelson is most welcome as Bob's housemate Ernie, the original Southern California dope doofus. Perfect casting. Winona Ryder, who's presumably out on parole or something, is a suitable Donna. It's Robert Downey Jr. who steals the show, however, as Barris, Bob's more cerebral, psychotic, and vaguely sinister housemate. Whether he's pontificating about the New Path rehab, watching Woody Harrelson choke to death, or morphing into a cockroach, Downey's Barris is completely engrossing in the way say, a tarantula playing the ukulele might be. Downey's a freak, but he sure can act. There are some weak seams here. The movie slows down in parts, particularly where it spends too much time watching the D-fiends live out their squalid little lives in Bob's squalid little house. Although they certainly capture the bizarre and meandering essence of dope-tweaked conversation, some of these scenes are allowed to drag on for too long without advancing the plot. The suits worn by the narcs, which are constantly shifting from one bizarre image to another, are ultimately a distraction and, as with the novel, cause one to wonder why they'd be necessary, apart from their symbolic significance. 
It's been a long time since I read Dick's book, and at some points in the film the plot left me behind. I imagine audiences unfamiliar with the novel will be completely mystified in parts. But the movie ultimately works, not least because the filmmakers have made no attempt to sanitize the characteristically paranoid and distinctly un-Hollywood ending. Linklater's scanner does its job. It brings through the story Dick was trying to tell, a story of the ultimate perversity of the war on drugs and its horrific collateral damage. This is Jonathan Sullivan for Escape Pod.